And if you're going to stay with us, let's get Hebrews chapter 2, please. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 2. This morning, I am continuing with a, a subject that we talked about last week. We've been discussing tricky topics. One of those topics is now church attendance. What is the proper biblical attitude towards church attendance? And I, I don't intend to rehash all of that. I do want to say a few things just to get us a running start. But then today we're going to talk about one of those secondary issues from church attendance, and that is how people use YouTube in relation to church attendance. And uh, the, the trickiness of this is some people use it to replace church attendance. So we're going to talk about various aspe aspects of it. For those of you watching by YouTube, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry if this is awkward. <laughs> what you're going to do? Hebrews 2, verse number 1. I want to show you some things about the book of Hebrews. It says, verse 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. This somewhat sets the tone for the book of Hebrews. Throughout the book, you're going to see a couple of things emphasized. One, Jesus is just better. That's one reason I love the book of Hebrews. Jesus is just better. He's better than everything you can imagine, and that's spelled out so nicely in this book. But there's another reason you have it, and that is to help you not to slip. So that the progress you make in the Christian life, we don't want you backsliding and falling away. We want you to endure unto the end. That's one of the reasons for this book. So look at chapter 4, verse 12. So the writer says, be careful. You've heard some good things. You've heard how great Jesus is. Now don't let that slip. Don't go back from that. And now I'm going to show you a few things that the author of this book tells us to be mindful of so that we don't slip. Chapter 4, verse 12. It says here, For the Word of God is quick and powerful. That word quick, it's an old English way of saying alive. Have you ever noticed that when you're reading the Bible, it's reading you? It, it knows just what you need to hear, and it speaks to you if you listen. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible, the Word of God, not God, the Word of God is a discerner. It knows what you're thinking deep down in your heart. So the, the author says, in, in, the, in the overarching theme of don't fall away, don't slip, don't go back, Keep moving forward. Hang on to Christ. You better hang on to your Bible. Do you see the emphasis here? He says th this thing is so powerful. It's so sharp. It knows what you need to hear. Don't skip out. Don't let it slip. All right. So re reading your Bible. You ever wonder why preachers go on and on about read your Bible, read your Bible? This is one reason. Look at cha uh, chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now the author moves to a different topic, trying to help you stay as close to Christ as possible. Keep praying. Make time to walk into the throne room and speak to God and find the grace you need in, in, that, in that time when you're going through a tough time. You walk into that prayer closet and that will help you get over many humps. So he says, read your Bible. Pray. Sound familiar? We talk about these things often. This is why. 
It's not just a preacher thing. It's, the, it's a biblical thing. Chapter 10 now. Don't let it slip. Don't go back. All right, read your Bible. Pray. Chapter 10, verse 24. We, we saw the verse last week. Won't hurt you to see it again. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. All right, amen, preacher. I want to help the people around me. I am considering not just myself and my own spiritual well-being, but I have to consider the spiritual well-being of all those around me. Doesn't it say that? Consider one another. Yes? How do I help the people around me stay busy for God? Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So in order to prevent that falling away, read your Bible. Pray, come to church, and so much the more. You guys see that, yeah? All right, so come to chapter 13 now and verse number 17. <clears throat> so the reason we turn to these verses, I, I just wanted to give you that that umbrella thought, the book of Hebrews, is there to help you stay as close as you can to Christ. Now, chapter 13, verse 17. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. The leaders of the church, their responsibility from God is to watch for your souls, as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. My responsibility is not to have a big church. Nowhere in the Bible does it say I need to have a lot of members. I do have a responsibility as God calling me to this ministry to have a healthy church. And maybe if I can say that better, to do my part in you being healthy. I'm supposed to feed you. I'm supposed to watch for your souls and see if there are some spiritual dangers that you're coming across, some ways that I can help you like that. That's my responsibility. So let me ask you this. We'll just turn this around for a moment. And please just think this through just for five seconds. What if you were the pastor? What kind of church members would you like to have? Think that through for a moment. Do you want the kind that show up only when they feel like it? Only when it's convenient? Or do you want the kind that can't wait to get to church and come prepared, ready to learn, ready to listen, ready to participate, ready to stay close to Christ? You, if you think in your mind, well, that's the kind of church member that I would want if I was the pastor, now be that member. This kind of goes back to the golden rule, doesn't it? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. If you were the pastor... You would love to have a church with people fill, you know, filling the church that just want to be there. But bear in mind, why do we want this kind of church? It is, at the end of verse 17, we want it to be profitable for you. So it's not enough just to come, but to come with that right attitude. And we talked about much of that last week. I uh, heard this, um, I don't know, a couple months ago. I think this makes a lot of sense. Before people pull away from God they will first pull away from the people of God. Backsliding is rarely just an overnight thing where you were in and now, boom, now you're out. Backsliding generally happens slowly. The, devil's, the devil is more subtle 
than we give him credit for even. So you're serious one day, but then little by little, you know, you start making excuses for not coming to church and it becomes easier and easier to do it. Before you pull away from God, you'll pull away from the people of God. Let me ask you this. I I just want to suggest this. As far as a biblical expectation, you guys tell me if if this sounds right. Is there anything wrong with loving your local church? Biblically, is that good, bad? That's really good, right? Loving your local church. Now, here I'm taking for granted, I would assume that most of you have read at least the New Testament, right? And if you're a new Christian and you haven't read it yet, I think most of this will make sense anyway. But loving your local church, that's a good thing. How about this one? Considering your fellow church members family. Is that a biblical thought? To think of each other. We call each other brother and sister. Not only because we don't know your name. <laughs> there's, there's a bigger reason than I've, I shook his hand, he told me his name, I forgot it, so now he is forever brother. <laughs> That's it. Guys, I fully believe where it says in the Bible, God is our Father, Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. I believe that you are my family. I believe that. I believe that by faith. I believe that because God told me that you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember one time when Jesus was preaching in somebody's house, his mother, his brothers, and his sisters came knocking at the door. You know what Jesus said? They stopped the sermon and they said, Jesus, your your mom and your family, your brothers and sisters outside, he said, these people that are here listening to the Word of God, trying to do the will of God, they are my mother, brothers, and sisters. Are we not to follow the example of Christ? He looked at his spiritual family, I dare say, as a stronger bond, with a stronger bond than his physical family. That's a, that's, that's a step we have to take by faith. Loving your local church, considering them family. You know why I, I want to emphasize that a bit? Because often, just to address something that I think is it's a tricky topic, so I'm going to bring it up now. This is my chance to bring these things up. Many times people will have the reason for not coming to church. I had family things to do. And I'm, I, please understand that I'm not against your family. I'm not saying to ignore them. I'm not saying they're not important. But to always prioritize that earthly family above your spiritual family, I think would be a mistake. See? I can't just make one blanket statement and say every time tell them no and every time just come to church. I I get it. You have to take each week, each circumstance individually, but don't underestimate the importance of your spiritual family. All right, loving your local church, considering them family. How about coming to all the services? Is that biblically right? Is is that too high of an expectation? Now, I mean within within your power, right? If you're sick or out of town or something, it's beyond your control, that's a different thing. But I'm saying all the services you can possibly come to, is it a biblical expectation that you should be here? The pastor is not asking too much to say, be at church, right? Okay, I, I'm just trying to lay some groundwork so you know I'm not, I'm not pushing things to a ridiculous um, place here. And when I say all the services, all of them. Sunday morning, Thursday night, We have a Bible school. Anybody's welcome to come. Why not make time for that? It wouldn't be wrong to come. 
And, and, and please, I've got to be careful here as people, people say, well, if I don't come to every single service, then I've done something wrong. I didn't say that. I just said if somebody recommends and suggests, how about coming to everything? That's not a wrong suggestion. Nobody's going to follow you up and go, hey, you didn't come to every single thing, so you're backslid. I don't think that. I think you can be a solid Christian and not come to every single service. I know that. But I don't think it's a bad thing if somebody wants to come to all of them. If you were the pastor, would you like to have a church member that came to every event? Come on now. You, you, you guys, I went to a netball game. Chemis, Folkies. I know that you Afrikaners can get all excited. You're a very animated bunch, so don't sit there with this doing, I know you guys now. I know you. I've seen you. <laughs> I've seen you in action. <laughs> Ladies, you prepare a big meal for somebody. You invite 20 people. You men, you invite 20 people. Three show up. How do you feel? Not so great, right? It, it, I mean, I'm just bringing that out to say if it's, you know, put some work into it, you know it would be a blessing. You'd want people to come. So those expectations, I don't think there's anything wrong there. Let's come to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Might I suggest, though, that you ponder those suggestions I've just made and say, why is it I can't do that? Could I maybe shift some things around in my weekly schedule, maybe say no to some, some other things I've been doing so that I can prioritize some church events because, because here's why, it's not a numbers thing. We only take up one offering in the week. It's, it's not a money thing. Th those events are there to help you and to help each other and to create a strong, vibrant church, right? I, so that's, just bear that in mind. That's why we're emphasizing this. Romans 15 and verse number 24. Romans 15 and 24. Before I read the verse, let me just make a couple of statements. I'm repeating things that I have heard, and we're going to investigate these statements. People say watching a sermon or a church service on YouTube is the same as going to church. I, I, um, I'm very tempted to say that the the explanation to that is so self-evident that I'd be, I'd be speaking down to you if I explain it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway in just a moment. Statement number two, people say, I go to church on YouTube. I go to church on YouTube. Now, before I talk about those two statements, let me say, I'm not going to outright condemn the use of YouTube for listening to a sermon or church service. I, I get it. In some scenarios, guys, I'm getting a bit, I don't know what happened, but I'm getting a bit loud. Can you turn my mic down a little bit? Um, there are some scenarios, I think, where if somebody's watching on YouTube, it would be a compliment because they're going through something very tough. Maybe they're very sick and they don't want to miss church and the very best they can do is watching on YouTube. There are some people that live in a town or a country even where there is no Bible-believing church or preaching. Do you understand those cases? YouTube is probably the best you can do. So there is no way you can just outright condemn the use of YouTube. Please understand that. I'm not against it. Obviously, we are on YouTube. So I do believe that there's a right way to use it. However, whenever you have two choices, either go to my local church and be a part of the 
ministry that's going on there, whatever that day is, like today, Sunday service, or let me skip today, go to whatever that other event is. Probably not a bad event. You're probably pondering something that is, you know, a good thing even. Spend time, family, friends, whatever it might be, right? I have these two choices. Skip church, go do this, or let me make time for church and reschedule, tell them we got to do it on a Saturday, right? Those are the two choices. When you say, ah, you know what, what's the tiebreaker? How do I choose? Ah, you know what, our church puts the service on YouTube. So there it is. That tips the needle and says, rather than come to church, I can miss church, go with the friends, family, whatever that thing is, and then just catch up with church later. Guys, I, I, I can't get behind that. I'm sorry. I, I do think in those cases, Jesus taught us as one of his disciples that we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him, that sometimes we have to make that hard choice to put him first. You say, well, God isn't church. We call it the house of God. I mean, guys, I know that the Bible is not God, and prayer is not God, and church is not God, but all of these things, you've seen it now in the book of Hebrews, they keep you close to God. They are God-ordained methods of helping you know Him better. And to let those things slip is to let Him slip eventually. So, let's address these statements one by one. Watching on YouTube is the same as going to church. So just, you know, seeing the video of it, same as being there in the room. If you believe that, do me a favor. Go online after the service and cancel all your vacation plans. All of them. Don't you dare go out of town. Don't you dare. Because you could just pull it up online and look at a picture of it. <laughs> hey, hey, you... You could FaceTime your mom and dad and go, hey, there you are. There, I visited. It's the same. You wouldn't even try that. Your, your mom would reach through the screen of your phone and whack, whack, whack. Laced it on my booty. No, that would not work. And you know it. You know that wouldn't work. I have two grandbabies. Don't even come to me. When people come to me, I know I'm saved because I don't say everything I think. <laughs> well, I watched it, and that's the same. See, if they said I was sick, and I couldn't get out of bed, and I watched it, I go, man, th man, that's a blessing. Thank you so much for doing what you could. But somebody says, yeah, you know, I had to choose. Nah, I knew I could catch up later. It's just the same. You know, I got, I, it's just the same as being there. When I spend time in the room with my grandbabies, don't tell me that's the same as getting a picture of them or a video of them or even live FaceTime. That is not the same. That is not, it will never be the same. Ever, ever, ever. Second statement. I go to church on YouTube. You realize you're not actually going anywhere. I go to, no you didn't. It's the terminology that messes us up. I went online. Right? This is the terminology. You, what is online? You realize that's all virtual. You're not going anywhere. The computer, you know, some, some electronic signals went out, but you didn't go anywhere. Here's what you're missing. Fellowship, you cannot get that while you watch on YouTube. Comfort, that is the comfort from another person putting their arm around you, looking at you, 
eye to eye and saying, I care about you, I'm praying for you. You don't get that on, online. Encouragement, seeing other people struggling but not quitting. You don't get that. Exhortation. And, and I'm not talking about the sermon. I'm talking about the exhortation that comes from seeing other people around you busy serving God. It stirs you up and makes you want to get involved. Love, good examples. I mean, there's a number of things you simply cannot get by watching a church service on YouTube. Let me show you one here. Romans 15, verse 24. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. If first I be somewhat filled, filled with your company. You can't get that online. You say, well, you know, this YouTube thing, it's a modern day phenomenon and they didn't have to deal with this in the biblical times. And you're right. I mean, let's admit it. Technology wasn't around like it is today. What if Paul had said, you know what? I'm very comfortable here in Antioch. Rather than go to these other places, I'll simply write a letter. And I will write my sermons out, word for word, exactly what I would say and send it to them. So rather than me actually showing up, I'll just write it in. See? I mean, that would be the ancient equivalent of I'll just go online. It's not the same. Paul acknowledged this over and over again. I'm trying so hard to get to come and see you. Satan has hindered me. Right? Because he, want, he knew that there was a massive benefit to being filled with the company of the saints. We all need that. That is something you cannot get from a sermon. It's something you get from each other. Come back, to, well, you don't have to come back to it so much. You can turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me just r- remind you of something as we move to this next part. 2 Timothy 4. You, as you're finding that, I showed you a verse earlier in Hebrews that said, Obey them that have the rule over you. You, you guys remember the verse? Yeah. Hebrews 13. A handful of you do. Obey them that have the rule over you. For they watch for your souls. So the, the watching that I'm doing is the overseeing. That's a spiritual thing. I am not watching over what car you buy. I'm not, I'm not watching over, you know, what, 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 what things you buy for the house. Those physical things, the job you want to do. I, I, I'm going to try to give you a biblical perspective on how to handle your possessions, your job. But I got to know my limits and my boundaries. But one thing you have to admit, guys, this is just part of life. God established an authority structure for his creation. Somebody's in charge and somebody's submitting to who's in charge. There's God, there's the people. There's government, there's citizens. There's prof, there's student. There's parent, there's children. Right? Husband, I don't care what modern politics say. Husband, wife. That's the way God set it up and in the local church, pastor, church member. The, the, per, the person in charge is not there to swing around his power and show off and thump his chest and bless God, just do what I say. He is there to coordinate the people under his charge so that their service is not wasted, so that they grow properly, so that they're happy and everything is done decently and in order. Does God expect Christians 
to submit. Yes, he said, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. It's not my job to pester you into submitting. And by the way, that applies for every position of authority, your boss, your prof, the government. We are not to pester you into submitting. We give you the boundaries. Here's the rules. Here's why. And then we try to help you follow those rules. We, we, we put those things there for your benefit. See? I think that a lot of the times when people choose YouTube over the church, it's to avoid this issue. Because you don't have to submit to the person you're watching on YouTube. There's no accountability. Now you guys understand, I, I, I don't understand it fully, but you understand there is such a thing called data mining. That when you go online and you type in certain things into the search, that information is then sent to other corporations. They mine your data and they know what you're interested in. And then when you pull up a particular page, it, you know, little things pop up and all of a sudden in your news feed, you're seeing, man, I, I was talking about this with somebody else and now here it is on my Yahoo. They are listening. I mean, that, this is not a secret. That, this is not a conspiracy. They've admitted that. When you go on YouTube and type certain things in, even if you do it in a given area, if they know the people in this area tend to search for this more than that, if you're a first-time visitor to YouTube, boom, it pops up what is popular in your area to get you to click on it. That is why you find so many people in this area that know the names Paul Washer, John MacArthur, and John Piper. That's why. You're flooded with that. And, and, and I'm not making any statements about those men at this point. That's something to talk about. I, I think that... Uh, well, I, I like some more than others, but you can get some good stuff from the guys I just mentioned. So I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm just saying that's why you get, you, you get those uh, thumbnails so much. Some people go to that and they go, man, I got a blessing from that. And I learned from that. But at the end of the day, you don't have to, there's no accountability. You pulled that, thumb, that, that video up at your convenience when you felt like it. When, when you were ready for it. Rather than learning this very important lesson of I don't march to the beat of my own drum. God has set it up so that He gives orders I follow. Where He leads me, I will follow. What He feeds me, I will swallow. <laughs> yes? As soon as you say, I'll take my spiritual diet and my spiritual well-being, it is fully on me. You're jumping over the God-ordained structure of a pastor watching over you. Now granted, you do have to pull your own weight. You do have to bear your own burden, but I can help you bear it. Your brothers and sisters in the church should help you bear it. And to skip over that is incredibly dangerous to say, God, I don't need the system you put in place. I'll do it myself. Whew. I don't have the guts to look up to heaven and say, thanks, but no thanks, God. Ah. There's some words for this in Scripture. Self-willed. Titus chapter 1. Self-willed. Remember Jesus prayed, not my will, thine be done. Lest you think submission is some sort of, you know, it makes you a second-rate person. Jesus submitted himself. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, 
that he, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself. He came down in the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and became obedient unto the death of the cross, right? So Jesus is not asking us to do anything he has not already done himself. To say, I will allow my Father to tell me how to go about my spiritual life. And in a small way, right, this gets brought down into all the other areas of life. That's the structure, that's the example that we are to follow. Self-willed, rebellion, stubborn. I'll do it my way. Yes? Saul, I think, don't we learn from him on this? Samuel says, God has told you to go out, kill all of these people, kill all their animals. Saul comes back and says, I did about 95%. You know, he did it the Sinatra way. I'll do it my way. That kind of thing. (laughs) I'm not Sinatra, so forgive me. But (laughs) And you know what Samuel comes back to him with? Rebellion, that's like witchcraft. Stubbornness is like the iniquity of idolatry. That, that's, that's a place you don't want to be in. Now, 2 Timothy chapter two, um, 4, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 2. I, so I, please understand, I don't think everybody that chooses YouTube over a local church is doing so because they're rebellious, right? I know there are other reasons people do it. Sometimes it's just flat-out laziness. Amen. I, I got plenty of amens in myself this morning. <laughs> you, can, you can keep yours for later, but that's an amen moment because sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed to come to church at 9.30. Hello at home. 10.30 is more convenient for you. God help me. Second Timothy 4. If, 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 we, if we are half as full next week, I think I know why. <laughs> We haven't gone to the architect yet with the play. We can always redo the plans. We're fine. We're fine. (laughs) 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. Preach the word, the instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap, heap, not spoonfuls, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Paul said there's coming a day when somebody hears the truth and says, I don't want that. Let me just go hopping around until I find somebody that will tell me what I want to hear. People were doing this way before YouTube showed up. It just took longer. (laughs) Right? It just took a lot longer. But now it's just click. If you don't catch their attention in the first 15 seconds, they just they have a, a bunch of thumbnails on the other side. They just click on the next one. And people go, I, I don't want to hear about this topic. I don't want to hear about that. This is the topic I want to hear about. Oh, oh. Whose responsibility is it to feed the sheep? Is it the sheep's responsibility? You see, again, we're getting back into that's not how God set it up. The pastor should prayerfully, prayerfully, thoughtfully prepare the spiritual meal for his church family. You cannot just show up for dessert when you feel like it. 
You need your peas and taters and carrots and broccoli, and you need all that too. Your artapos, you need all of that. Moms and dads, have you ever had a kid that simply would not eat what you put in front of them? Please, mom and dad, this is a very teachable moment. Do not let them slide on that. Do not give in to their temper tantrums and their fits. And I don't want, I'm not, ah! Cast the devil out and then <laughs> say, Buti, sissy, you're not leaving the table until you finished what mom prepared. But I don't like it. That's, and teachable moment. Welcome to life. Amen. Amen. Now, now, do you see how this equates to the YouTube phenomenon? Somebody goes, I don't like that. Click. Now, you spoiled child, go back, <laughs> get in your car, come to church, right? If, if, forgive me, I don't mean to switch gears too quick here, but <clears throat> within your home, parents, you are in charge of what your kids watch. On, on television, right? If they watch television at all. If they see something on the computer or on their phones, moms and dads, that is your responsibility. You need to have oversight. You need to be careful with the boundaries you set. And if we just let a young person go online and just click on anything, right? Whatever's shiny and looks interesting, bam. Can you imagine all the nonsense that they might fall into? Oh, man, you don't, you don't want that. <clears throat> Do you see how a young believer could get themselves in similar trouble but spiritually? Young believers all excited. I'm saved. I want to learn more. Click, 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 click. And then they click on every single recommended channel from YouTube. And they have all the right intentions. They're not looking to, you know, for false doctrine or anything. But it's going to be there. Now who is there to say, you know what, I, I wouldn't recommend looking at that channel. Watch out for this preacher. Now, moms and dads, at a certain stage, certain point in life, all of us have to face this as our children grow up. It is our job to prepare them to make good decisions. We cannot, when they're really young, we decide for them. Please do not let your four-year-old make these choices in your home. <laughs> moms and dads, you make those choices. But there does come a time where the mom and dad has to back off. And pro probably the time that they're packing their stuff in the baki to move out, but... <clears throat> and say, now listen, I've taught you what you should and shouldn't watch. So when things come around, you know that you should stop watching this and not watch, and, you know, watch more of that if you're going to watch something. Hopefully what we've taught them kicks in and they know better. And as a believer grows in the Lord, you're going to come across books, CDs, tapes, YouTube videos, and you're going to hear things that aren't right. By the grace of God, you have been given a good spiritual foundation in church so that you have discretion to say, that's not right. I heard such and such a preacher say, but that's, that doesn't line up with the Bible. You should be doing that with my sermons, by the way. It's not as if I'm immune to that. I, my authority, the final authority, is this book right here. So, I mean, that, that's just how we should treat everybody. <clears throat> Sorry, one thing, I, I, I think all of us probably have done this to some extent. Have you ever been slightly sick and gone online and tried to diagnose your illness by yourself? <clears throat> you ever done that? Isn't that fun? I, have, I had no idea I was that sick. 
my little toe was, you know, hurting, and all of a sudden I have a mental disease. <laughs> How did I get that? <laughs> but I have all the symptoms of everything. <laughs> you know what the problem is? I have no medical background or training. I just have my own human experience and what other people have told me and, you know, my own trips to the doctor, stuff like that. So when I look online, I, I, I can be easily confused I need, if I'm really having a genuine problem, better to go to a trained expert whom I trust to give me some guidance on that thing. Now listen, if it's a recurring thing and I go, oh, here it goes again. I'm, you know, my nose is starting to run. It's probably allergies, right? I mean, at a certain point, you do figure out, I, I've been through this, I know. Are you hearing the growth in this? Once you get established in it, you know about it, and you've been dealing with it for a while in your life, you know this pill does that, and this, you know, salve does this, and okay. You don't have to run to the doctor every time. But if you're not sure, probably better to go get in a, a professional opinion rather than just click, 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 click. Oh, this guy on YouTube said. <laughs> I don't know if, can you go to Discam with a handwritten script in your own handwriting and say, the guy on YouTube said I need this? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, but I, I'm, I'm afraid that that's what we're doing in churches a lot of times. It's self-diagnoses. God, I will take care of myself, and I, this is how I am most comfortable worshiping God. So I'll click, 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 and you start heaping to yourselves teachers. I'm all for getting fed. I get it. I, I, I do not think that, let me say, I, I, I would never condemn anybody if you want to hear more preaching. Right? Say, I, I like what I'm getting Sunday. and when, That's why you would come to this church. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's because you're getting fed. If you're not getting fed, you need to find another church where you get fed, where you're getting spiritual, biblical truth. But be careful. I, I'm, I'm giving that thought a chance to come back around. I had this great point. It was going to change your life. Zintley, what was I trying to say? Tell me what I was trying to say. I'm getting older. Yeah. I I'm waiting for the rapture to happen and save me from this awkward moment. Where was I going with that? Anybody know how to finish that sentence? It, it gets better as you get older. I I'll get better as I get older. Did you see that on YouTube? <laughs> Oh, shame. Well, anyway, let me just come back to my notes here a little bit. <laughs> um, you go online, you look at all the side effects. I have seen many people walk away from looking at the side effects online going, I, I have all these illnesses. They get scared and confused. And they go to the doctor and tell the doctor, this is what my issue is. And the doctor says, no, no, actually it's not. You got yourself all worked up for nothing. Yeah. God has put people in our lives so that there's some structure, some order to help you stay spiritually healthy. You take that into your own hands and you're getting outside of God's way of doing it. Guys, I, YouTube, there is a proper way to use it. By all means, if you want to feed yourself, ah, that's where I was going. If you want to get other sermons and hear other preachers Come and ask and say, Pastor, would you recommend? I'd be happy because I know that there are some much better preachers out there than just me. I get that. <laughs> I listen to other preachers that I would much rather have them in the pulpit <laughs> compared to myself. I, I get that. 
But, but why not ask? Just to be sure. Yeah. Now, if you're spiritually mature and you can hear that sermon and go, you know what, I'm, I'm grounded in what I believe. I, I know how to tell if a thing is right or wrong. Help yourself. That's where it's tricky because we're all at a different level in our spiritual maturity. But just be mindful of the, the landmines that are out there in YouTube world. All right, let's all stand if you would. Let's stand. Father, thank you this morning for allowing us to tackle a tricky topic. We thank you for making it possible to reach some people we never would with this device of YouTube. But Lord, help us to also be mindful of its dangers. Lord, help us to put the proper estimation on the local church, the one that you would give it, not the one we would give it. And Father, I pray you prepare our hearts for the service to come. Lord, we're here to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray that you please come down and meet with us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.